it, it's just become a uh, an institution now where folks in the area, the local truckers, love to participate. Uh, they donate money for the Make-A-Wish. They like, of course, to show off their rigs. And the local people in the area enjoy walking around the trucks before they convoy and then being along the route as they all go by because it's not very often you get to see 650 trucks all shined up uh, in a row. It's Todd Dills. We are back a little early this week with a special edition of Overdrive Radio, part of our weekly 60th anniversary series of stories with a significant historical aspect, as this one's got, no doubt, in spades. It features the voice of former trucker George Ruellens, telling his tale about what's become a veritable phenomenon out of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, the annual Mother's Day truck convoy benefiting the Make-A-Wish Foundation. In 2019, the convoy featured 650 trucks in its 30th year, it's a huge amount of growth over the course of three decades from the first one. With last year's event sidelined amid the initial COVID outbreak, the 2021 event on May 9 upcoming should be every bit as impressive. Find a link in the show notes to a registration page to participate and or donate. I talked with George Wellens two years back now about his own experience of that very first Mother's Day Make-A-Wish convoy in Pennsylvania, which featured 42 trucks from local companies. He happened to have been driving for Ned Bard and Sons at the time, and in our conversation looked back fondly on the day and subsequent editions of the convoy, which have created so many memories for children involved. The truckers too, no doubt, and members of the community in the area. Here's Wellens uh, setting the stage for his life at the time of our talk, and his participation three decades earlier in that first Make-A-Wish Lancaster County convoy, just after this brief message from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. First Guard provides commercial truck insurance to leased owner operators done right. As we've done for more than 80 years, we provide physical damage and non-trucking. Many companies make you pay up to six months of insurance premiums up front, but not First Guard. We bill monthly, so you get quality insurance without needing to pay a lot of cash up front. Go to firstguard.com. That's one stguard.com. First Guard, we speak trucker. Let's talk. Uh, my wife and I have been full-time in a motorhome for 17 years, and we like to tell people we have a small home but a big yard. We, <laughs> enjoy, tra we enjoy traveling, and we've been very fortunate to be able to do that. But we back up many years in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I was just turning 21 years old, uh, working for a poultry company, and they posted on the bulletin board an ad for a tractor-trailer driver for their in-house fleet. And some folks in the maintenance shop said I should put my name in for it, and I applied for that job. When they interviewed me, they asked me how much trucking experience I had, and I replied I never drove one, but I rode in one for three miles. They said they'd rather have somebody with no habits than bad habits. We'll let you ride along with other drivers for five weeks, and then we'll give you a truck. And that's exactly what happened. And I started off trucking, hauling live poultry in wooden coops that were tied down with ropes. 
and we had 522 coops on a load and I did that job for about 7,000 loads of live chickens and then I transferred to another local trucking company that had flatbeds, vans, and taut liners, which are curtain-sided vans. And that's the company that I got involved with the Make-A-Wish Convoy. Uh, in 1989, I had heard through some source that they were forming this convoy for Make-A-Wish, and I mentioned it to the owners of the company, and they agreed to get a tractor and trailer washed up, and they said that I was allowed to participate I was a company driver, and that's how it all started, Todd. Yeah. Um, and and I think there were, uh, I think the, the way that the folks at Make-A-Wish tell the story is that uh, there were 42 trucks involved. Does that does that sound right to you? And uh, and paint the scene there for me in terms of the, your participation in it. Well, I think 42 is getting pretty close, and that's certainly uh, very small compared to the last convoy they had on Mother's Day with 650 trucks. But we started it with 42 tractor trailers, all from different companies in the local area there. And we met at a place called the Lancaster Shopping Center, which barely fit our 40 semis and nowhere nearly would accommodate the 650 today and we all parked in there and lined up and of course folks were walking around the trucks and admiring them all shined up and at some point in time uh, Make-A-Wish had a few children that have health conditions and they had expressed a, a desire to ride in a tractor trailer so the good fortune was one of these young uh, boys was assigned to my Peterbilt tractor and I can still remember because of his health issues adults helped place him up in the passenger seat of the conventional Peterbilt uh, my wife was along that day so the only seat left for her was on the edge of the bunk facing forward and of course I was in the driver's seat. The one fond memory I have, Todd, is we're getting ready to go out on a convoy trip and the desire of any young child is to blow the air horn. So we took a piece of cord and tied it onto the air horn and strung it across the cab over to where the young boy was sitting in the passenger seat. and. For the next two and a half hours, he had complete control of the air horn and enjoyed mm -hmm. that a lot. And I imagine the air horn needed rebuilt when we were done with that trip. <laughs> we, we all pulled out of that shopping center. And uh, back 30 years ago, the convoy followed a different route. So anybody that's local or familiar with this Mother's Day tradition knows where they go today. But that first trip went up. Highway 283 towards Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We got off up at High Spire and then came back the uh, two-lane road through the small towns, Highway 230, through Elizabethtown and Mount Joy and Landisville. But all along the route on the highway, the overpasses were lined with spectators all waving and coming through the small towns on the return trip.
all the sidewalks were lined with people all waving and of course the make-a-wish child in my truck just waving constantly for two and a half hours and then blowing that air horn repeatedly a lot of good memories todd what what was the um <clears throat> what was the name of the company that you were uh working for at the time uh, the the company with the truck that I was in uh, called Ned Bard and Son, and I believe that they are still in business today. You know, it's still it even at that in that first very first convoy. Uh, uh, it sounds like it did bring out the the community. Eh? They had announced to the community ahead of time, so that's where all the spectators came from. Um, I only drove in the first convoy and actually got out of trucking shortly after that but uh, for for quite a few years when my children were small we would go out near where they assemble and enjoy watching them all pull out for the convoy and waving at all the big shiny trucks it's become quite a tradition in the Lancaster County Pennsylvania area and of course, has grown to what they think is now uh, the world's largest truck convoy. Right, and there's other events around the around the nation that uh, do similar, uh, that similarly benefit Make Wish. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's a pretty it's grown into like a, a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, it raises a lot of money for the Make a Wish organization and provides a lot of special experiences for young children that obviously um, have not been blessed with good health. You got out of trucking. What What did you, uh, You, I think you were probably in it uh, for a good decade or so. Am I right about that, just doing the, doing the uh, back of the envelope uh, calculations here? A little more. Yeah, that, seventeen. Yeah, I was in the truck for seventeen years, and then uh, had a desire to do something else, and actually climbed out of the Peterbilt after seventeen years, and went into the college classroom and got a degree, and then started teaching fifth grade in a public school, and that's quite a change from a Peterbilt to having 29 10-year-olds staring at you all day long, but that was a great experience <laughs> also. Uh, a lot of factors came together, Todd, that convinced my wife and I that life is short. And after nine years of teaching, uh, I quit my job. My wife quit her job. We sold the house, and that's when we started RVing. My wife was 45, I was 47 years old, and people wonder how you can do that, but we enjoyed working a little bit on the road and then parking somewhere without hookups where there's no costs and just enjoying life, working a little and playing a lot. And that's what we did for the first 12 years on the road, and now these last five years, we feel that we've been so blessed that we volunteer here in Southern California in the winter, and in the summer we travel to the Pacific Northwest and we volunteer in Oregon State Parks trying to give back a little bit. Yeah, you were telling me I think that you're 
you're getting ready to to make that trip up to uh, up to the northwest for the uh for the summer here pretty soon that's correct and the state parks that we hang out in the summer in Oregon are right on the coast and sure. most days the temperature doesn't exceed 65 degrees so we've been become quite spoiled enjoying the microclimates out west and uh you you've kept up your uh, uh your commercial driver's license all these years too haven't you yeah i have and um for these years while we've been motorhoming and RVing and obviously trying to make some money i've used my cdl in a variety of ways i've transported folks to whitewater rafting trips on the Snake River in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I drove a mobile classroom around the state of Pennsylvania for a cyber school. Uh, multiple times I hauled on the harvest in North Dakota and Wyoming uh, for sugar beets and corn and soybeans and things like that. Uh, enjoyed finding opportunities to use my CDL for say three to six weeks at a time and then park the truck and go have fun. Ruelans also reflected on his origins further in trucking including a story about the Dodge cab over he started in hauling live poultry. You know when I was 21 years old when I turned 21 and was working in maintenance I had no idea that I was going to be a truck driver. Um, I always thought big trucks looked kind of neat going down the road and when that posting occurred at the, the poultry company I was working at and those guys encouraged me to uh, apply for it. I had no idea that I'd spend 17 years in a big truck. I certainly have no regrets. I indirectly met my wife through the truck and uh, it was certainly meant to be. I've followed trucking even though I'm not directly involved. I get the overdrive emails every day and, and the overdrive magazine and I try to stay in touch with the industry. And I realize what the men and women have today is much different than what we had back then. Uh, their rides are certainly much better as far as the trucks, but I think the conditions are much more demanding. Uh, I'll just leave you with this. My very first tractor after that five weeks of training had a 220 Cummins with a clogged fuel filter, and I actually came to hills that I couldn't get up in first gear, and I had to back off of and turn around and find a different route. They told me I was a kid and I didn't know how to shift it. Uh, when it idled, the turn signals would stop blinking and the radio would stop playing because it wasn't charging enough. And um, <laughs> th There was not a piece of vinyl anywhere inside the cab. Everything was metal, and uh, we were sure proud of that AM radio that was hanging on the ceiling and the CB radio that was hanging on the ceiling that shook so bad going down the road you couldn't even see what channel the CB was turned to. But we were trucking and we enjoyed it. Um, fast forward to today, 650 drivers enjoy showing off their beautiful trucks, but making memories for young children that just haven't been blessed with good health. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that memory. That's uh... 
that that first truck of yours wow um what was it what was the uh you remember the make and model <laughs> if you can picture the ugliest squarest boxiest cab over ever made called by the company dodge and oh, yeah. actually the the fifth wheels were mounted on four by four blocks which were then you bolted down to the frame the frame i mean the fifth wheel actually sat on top of a four by four wooden block and uh they were extremely ugly extremely boxy and uh oh golly so many memories of those things but you know when you were driving when it was cold the hot air is blowing out at your right foot it's sweating and your left foot is so cold you can't move your left your toes on your left foot and as I said, that first truck, I didn't know what to expect, but I literally got to hills. I could not get up. And uh, they just told me I was a kid. I didn't know how to shift it. And finally, one night, I, lo I loaded a load of uh, live chickens that would normally take 45 minutes to get to the plant. I left the farm, never pulled the button up on the 10-speed Road Ranger, and it took me three and a half hours to do a trip that normally would take 45 minutes. And when I got into the plan, I told them I might be a kid. I might not know how to shift this thing, but it just doesn't have any power. And that's when they investigated it and found the clogged fuel filter on that mighty 220 Cummins. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> They yeah. gave me a truck. They, they gave me a truck that night that had just been overhauled, a 200, a 250 Cummins Dodge cab over, and I, I took it out, and it seemed like an Indy racer to me, after <laughs> what I had uh, just been driving. Love, love stories like that. Uh, though I'm sure uh, experiencing it wasn't. Uh... Thanks again to George for the memories. If you're catching this one straight from the Overdrive radio feed, get on over to overdriveonline.com slash trucking hyphen history to check out some of the pictures Rellins was kind enough to share with us from his personal history, including some from that very first Make-A-Wish Convoy event. And if you're participating in this year's event in Pennsylvania, here's a big thanks to you for what you do to support the kids. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker for 60 years. The podcast is produced by me, Todd Dills, with no small amount of support from Paul Marhofer, Max Heine, Holly Young, and Matt Cole. Until next time, keep the pro out there. <laughs>